and welcome back to another episode of the Movie Hoppers. And today, me and my special guest, uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey guys, I'm Emmy. Uh, I go to school with Joe, and uh, we saw a couple movies this weekend, and we're gonna talk about them now. Yep. We well, first we're gonna talk about Bombshell, the um, the movie about the girls who had to suck dick to get up in Fox. And yeah, so I guess since you're new, do you want to uh, do you want to start this or do you want me to start this? I don't really care. You you can start. <laughs> okay. So I personally, I like you know these kind of biopics, which is you know that's the actual name, but basically fictional renditions of real events in movies. Um, I like when they're done well, and I like even that you know even though I'm, I don't like politics and stuff i like when they're political so this is pretty much exactly what i would want out of a movie you know from a uh from a i'm thinking of the word from like a concept standpoint like this concept is for me and i thought that it did take advantage of the concept i i did enjoy it i liked the acting you know obviously um and yeah i i enjoyed it what did you think? Um, so I just want to start off by saying I watched the trailer for this movie probably like a dozen times. <laughs> um, I'm a writer. It's physically and visually captivating to me. Um, just the scene of all three of them in the elevator and that kind of symbol of like banding together without them having to say much anything at all. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. And I think that this was definitely a really cool concept. You know, we, Mm -hmm. we live in a world now, um, and the Me Too movement has kind of calmed down. You don't hear a lot about it in the news anymore, especially with recent, uh, events going on in television with the impeachment and the upcoming election. That seems to be the media's focus right now, but this is a real issue and the movie addresses that very head on. Um, I think it gets a lot of things right in the sense that women are often put in positions that they don't want to be in. Um, and it's very easy for some people to kind of say like, oh, well, why didn't you just say no? Or why didn't you just stop it? And it's like, that's not really how it works, at least in a, in a toxic, uh, masculinity environment such as Fox. And that's what I think is so genius about the teaser trailer and the movie in general is just the three women in the elevator and it's quiet and there's like that ominous music. And then in the background, when they step out of the elevator, you just see the Fox logo and you know, like there's a lot of association with Fox News in our society. It's often seen as the very right wing way of media. It gives people from the Republican side a voice which I personally think is fair. I'm not a Republican myself, um, but I am an advocate for equal representation in our government, in the media. Um, I may not agree with certain conservative ideas, but I do agree with giving everybody a voice because, you know, this is America and it's not fair to just hear the liberal side of things, the democratic side of things, Um, even though that may be what I agree with most Mm -hmm. so i think that the movie does a great job of 
portraying Fox. Um, however, I also feel like if you're a Republican, this movie is not really for you. Oh, yeah. Just It just shuts down so many Republican ideals. And that was something that I saw that a lot of critics were saying was that, oh, this movie is just coming after the Republicans and coming after Fox, which is the Republican voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm proud that the Republicans have someone to represent them, but I do have to point out Fox is very heavily associated with fake news and with false facts, drama, dramatization, like overly dramatic scenarios. And I just think that the Republicans should really do their research when it comes to Fox. Democrats as well, um, because we're often so quick to judge Fox when really there's just so many different perspectives out there. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the movie does a good job of exploring other perspectives. That being said, it's not about the right wing view of things. This is about an issue of sexual harassment, which goes on in so many other major news companies not just fox you know we had the issue with matt lauer at the today show you know owned by nbc which is a very liberal network he was an assaulter he's an accused sexual harasser um he's supposedly been harassing women for years and he's a part of a liberal establishment so i just i really would like to see more movies like this made i agree with you joe this is really representative of what i like as well mm-hmm. um i like movies that tackle real events because it's not only entertaining but it also gives you more background knowledge yeah and um i'm kind of glad you brought up that whole um how this movie kind of is not for republicans i feel like uh well, i'm not a republican either but i feel like that the um this movie does put down Fox and does kind of uh, not just degrade the whole power and balance that was going on there, but kind of also degrades the programming on it. It kind of uh, describes it and its fans as kind of like second rate. It villainizes the fans of Fox. And again, mm-hmm. I don't I don't watch Fox, but I feel like that kind of almost did exactly what the movie literally said it didn't want to do and it kind of politicalized um the issue of sexual assault in my opinion i kind of wish that it uh didn't really give its opinion on fox because this isn't this shouldn't have been a movie about fox and again i like the movie i like the movie fine but if i was an avid fox um watcher and if i was like a republican I probably would not have liked this movie as much. And that's a problem because sexual assault is not a bipartisan issue. I mean, it is. It should be a bipartisan issue. If you rape someone, you go to jail. But this movie presenting that issue in such a um, a kind of almost politicalized way, I feel like that's an issue, especially when, especially when the movie, the characters in the movie, I should say, said that they don't want you know, sexual assault to be politicalized because that kind of defeats the purpose. I feel like this movie, whether it be, um, you know, intentional or just because the person who wrote this movie has such hatred towards Fox, it just, you know, bled in. Um, It does kind of 
politicalize it a bit. So, you know, I I don't like going into the negatives right away, but I'm glad I'm glad he brought that up. Um but you know, I guess going back into the positives, I I did like that elevator scene. Uh mm-hmm. I never saw the teaser for the movie. I think I just saw this the straight up trailer when it played in a when when it played in theaters, but that elevator scene was just like it was so powerful and it does so much with just so little, no talking, just like eye motions and like people looking at the, it. That was great. I really like that. But one thing that a lot of other biopics do, and this movie kind of does, is it implements a uh, a certain style. It it does the thing where it, the characters in the movies talks to you like second person but this movie i felt was kind of inconsistent in its style in that way like yeah. uh yeah like how you know the one character she would like look at the camera but only like sometimes it was never like a consistent thing mm-hmm. and i personally i i like that you know the whole wolf of wall street or the big short thing where like the uh, the characters in the movie talk to you and explain things to you, I actually find that quite charming. I'm probably the only one, but I find that quite charming and I like that. But I feel like this movie doesn't do it enough, and when it does do it, it feels out of place. But I I, I know that you uh, took some issue with the uh, style yourself. Yeah, I did. Um, at the very beginning. Uh, Charlize Theron, who uh, does a really nice portrayal of Megyn Kelly, comes out and basically gives you the rundown mm-hmm. of Fox. And she's all like, okay, here's me. Here's the CEO. Here's everyone. And it's like, okay, so she's presenting these facts. And then there's narration behind her thoughts. And I think that this movie does narration really well in some moments. Um, and I'll get to that more when we talk specific spoilers, Mm -hmm. but I just think that there's such a shift and it's almost like if you're reading a book and it goes from second person to first, you know, um, it goes from, I'm like for, like I said, the introductions and then it kind of like scales back and shows you private conferences and meetings and, and it's like who's filming this like with the office they did the same thing not that this movie is anything like the office (laughs) but it's like they did the same thing they kind of like showed you private moments with the characters and you know that may have been weird we may not really have questioned it but like with a movie like this it's like are you portraying the character's emotions are you doing a mockumentary like what are you trying to show yeah um yeah and think about what the elevator scene would mean if it was somebody in there filming them i think that that would completely take away yeah the point is those three women are in there in that enclosed space for such a short period of time there is opportunity there there is motive although if you think deeper into that, if there was a cameraman in there, is that why maybe they didn't speak up? Mm-hmm. Or, like, what was their motive behind not speaking? There's a line where Margot Robbie's like, do you, 
what do you think your silence means? You know, I think that elevator scene was just a visible metaphor for silence and the collective feeling of being abused. Yeah. And knowing that you have people around you that are feeling and, and witnessing the same things that everyone else is, but you're too scared to speak up um, because this it could end in something completely it could end in a complete disaster that could end your career yeah and that's something that they really play for in the movie yeah um i did a decent amount of research before i went into this um joe doesn't like to no research movies and that's totally reviews yeah yeah totally respectable (laughs) i read reviews i watched the trailer I got background knowledge about the whole story because I like to go in as educated as possible when I'm watching uh, a movie like this. That's kind of like a realistic fiction movie. Um, I like to go in knowing and being able to connect the dots when I see them play out in front of me. Mm. And I saw a lot of that. I saw exact moments. I like that. They kind of sewed in real footage with actor footage. Um, yeah. The interviews with Trump and then photoshopping or moving uh, Charlize Theron as Megyn Kelly in there was fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like they really make it believable. And I think that that is a great reading of the audience. And may I just say this movie did such a good job of reading their audience, like from the trailer to the casting, the casting is like another big thing. I mean, I, I got home and I was talking to my parents about it and I was like, you know, they have John Lithgow playing Roger Ailes, the CEO. And you think about it. And John Lithgow is such a respected actor in Uh in the field and you have him playing a misogynistic pig and it's almost like that is very representative of how people feel when there is an accused person who is used to be seen as a respected figure and like i said fox was never really respected by all news industry but you would like to think that in all companies the ceo has the best interest of the company at heart. And they really paint that in the beginning, you know, he, he encourages conflict not to put his employees in danger because he does talk about hiring security for Megan, but he, he clearly implements the idea in his employees that, and this is a direct quote that people don't stop watching when there's, a, a conflict they stop watching when there isn't one that's mm-hmm. like his philosophy yeah i i do think it was very interesting for the first 30 minutes of the movie the uh, the, the ceo was painted as like an actual good person he definitely he seemed to have like the best interest of megan kelly when she was getting attacked the you know her best interest in mind like it i thought that was a very interesting choice to um, sort out of the gate with him not seeming like that bad of a person. It, he, he developed into a bad person later on, obviously. But um, I, I thought that was an interesting choice to not, you know, start out that way. And uh, going back to Margaret Robbie, uh, she is fictional. She's not ac- mm-hmm. She's not actually in this, uh, you know, s- real-life story that this is based on. And I thought that was... 
an interesting choice to have a such a uh, a main you know she's actually on the poster fictional character in this i guess like her character is that she's like an up and coming um fox news anchor kind of sort of and i guess her function was to you know show the uh show the audience what it's like to be in that position mm-hmm. but i I don't know, just the fact that one of the main characters was fictional, uh, that kind of took away from the whole thing, uh, at least for me. Like, it it didn't make it feel as real as it should have. I don't know, I just didn't like the fact that Margaret Robbie's character was, uh, wasn't real. But uh, also, going back to the uh, the whole camera thing you're talking about, this movie looked like an indie movie kind of like oh with, yeah yeah with I how it was that. shot there, there was a lot of inexplicable like handheld shots and like some sh- like the camera was shaking and stuff for some reason and you can tell from the cast that this wasn't this wasn't an indie movie this had a budget behind it and i i don't know why they they always had the uh the handheld shots and the shaky cam and stuff like that. I didn't think that was extremely necessary, but I thought that they were trying to add more emotionality into yeah, it. Like tension. By doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. But I just, I don't know. It just felt like it was shot cheaper than it actually was. Cause one sec, I'm actually going to look up the budget, but it, it couldn't have been too small if they got these, uh, big name, actors and actresses on board but Mm -hmm. it didn't didn't look awfully big one sec yeah Um, i think the shooting and the overall camera movements was probably one of the movie's weaker points mm -hmm. if not the weakest um i do i kind of have a contrasting belief about margot robbie's character i do agree with you that uh the fact that she was fictional was a little Took, took away a little bit from the overall meaning. Um, but I think that what happened to her and the fact that we get her experience almost firsthand. Yeah. Um, I think that that added a lot. And I also like her character development a lot. But I will talk more about that when we move to spoilers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have contrasting views on that, too. But it had a $32 million budget. It didn't look... It, it kind of looked cheaper than that mm-hmm. to me, so I guess that's just uh, I guess that's just poor directing. But uh, what do do you have anything else to talk about before we get into spoiler talk? I'm ready for spoiler talk. Um, yeah, I guess we can uh, get into it. So you said you wanted to say something, so let it be heard. Okay, so that elevator scene in the initial trailer. Well, not just the trailer, the teaser trailer was so pivotal mm-hmm. because it really, it shows you three women, three women on the movie poster. It's the three women. And I was just so let down by the fact that those women never really banded together. It was almost confrontational. Like when they're interviewing Nicole Kidman's character, Gretchen Carlson, who's a real reporter, and who made the initial lawsuit claims 
they were like, you know, we need Megan. We need her to come out. And they put so much pressure on Megan and they kind of put her up on this pedestal to be like, you are our main female anchor. If you agree with these claims or make a claim of your own, this this goes down. Yeah. Like this is basically you're our last straw mm-hmm. to break him. And she did. But even before that, Nicole Kidman's character was just like, no, she's not going to want to share the spotlight. Yeah. And I thought, like, what reverse mentality must you have? Like, it's not about sharing the spotlight. If anything, I think that puts the opinion in mind more and strengthens the opinion of people that think, oh, well, they only do this for attention. Mm-hmm. And there are some women out there who make false claims, you know. I, being a Melanie Martinez fan, I, I've witnessed that first firsthand. You know, she, mm-hmm. her claims that the claims that were made against her were completely false. And there are people out there that falsify claims for attention, but clearly that was not the case. Yeah. And I just feel like there was really a lack of the women band banding together the only time we see the three of them together is in the elevator there's no like aha moment for the three of them and it's almost like it's megan kelly's victory yeah what does gretchen carlson get does she and i didn't research uh the rest of her career after fox but and they put this weird image in your head that she's doing this like for her daughter like there's a lot of cuts to her daughter uh-huh and I and the, like when she's in the car and you can kind of read her mind like I don't want my daughter to live in a world where men could prey on her, which is very valuable I think and very admirable. Um, but again, they put the emphasis on the three women, and the only time we see them together is in the elevator, and then Megan goes to confront Kayla, uh, Margot Robbie's fictional character. And it sounds, it's completely confrontational, you know? Mm -hmm. She basically says, like, first she acts as a confidant, and she's like, is he doing this to you too? And she's like, yes. And she finally feels heard. Um, Because even her closest friend at the agency has kind of belittled her and said, like, don't involve me. Mm -hmm. Um, They're all kind of bound by their secrets, but Megan breaks the bond and she she seeks out Kayla and she's like, is this happening to you? And she says yes. And she breaks down and she's like, oh, you too. And she's like, a long time ago, this happened. And she's like, did you think what your silence would mean? That's a powerful line. Yeah. But again, it sounds confrontational. Yeah. It's step in the, uh, the wrong direction. Uh, I... I think this movie might have just been bound by its by its story. Maybe, you know, the whole thing with uh, um, them not really talking to each other was, like, an actual thing. And maybe they just couldn't have done anything about it within the, uh, within the movie because of that. But, um... I also, didn't... Megan, Ke- Megan Kelly came out, like, on her own after she heard about the lawsuit, right? I don't think she got contacted by the lawyers. No, she, um... She came out, and each of the women kind of come out with their own stories. Mm-hmm. But it's after they get guidance from other people 
which is good because it puts emphasis on support. Yeah. Um, but again, like, I just feel like Gretchen Carlson's victory does not exist in this movie. Yeah. Her last line of the movie is literally maybe. And I think that that sums it up really well because the lawyers are just like, you know, this is what you want. And maybe this will never happen again. And she's like, maybe. Yeah. Again, that's. It's... Oh, but um, yeah, that's a problem with a lot of uh, these movies is that they are kind of bound by this storyline that's not always going to have a um, an ending that the characters deserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, maybe, now that I think about it, I think the elevator scene probably would have been better if they placed it, like, later in the movie, like, right before Megyn Kelly was going to come out and, like, Gretchen Carlson oh, was... Wow. Yeah, she was, like, in the elevator and she, like, shoots her a glance like we need your help but you know i can't talk to you because uh margaret robbie's in the elevator too and i don't know i think it would have been more powerful then but yeah i think i think the lack of uh camaraderie or friendship between them is basically just down to in real life they probably just want friends mm-hmm. and yeah because they even said that fox the the environment there it pits the uh it pits the anchors against each other mm-hmm. so everything even something as serious as a uh, a sexual assault allegation you know they've been working at fox so long their brain just auto thinks that it's a competition you know don't let this person get ahead so uh, that's probably the problem there yeah, I agree. And again, they did specify at the beginning that it was a dramatization mm-hmm. of real events, but I I think that they bled the story together really well and they stuck to the initial allegations and I think that one of the most heart-wrenching parts of the movie um and definitely like people behind us were like, "Wow," and they were like shocked was when they had the actual recordings of the women who have who had come out yeah. and told their stories. I just always think that when you use that in movies, it's an automatic gut punch, mm-hmm. no matter who your audience is. Yeah. Um, if there were any Republicans or maybe people who were kind of from a different viewpoint of the majority of the people who went to see this movie, they definitely felt that, Yeah. you know, I mean, we may all have our different beliefs, but there are very few people out there who believe that women deserve what he did to those women. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I just, that was a very pivotal part. Um, you really feel the emotion and it kind of almost makes up for the lack of camaraderie between the three main characters, mm-hmm. just because it definitely feels like an all-female fight. Like, we're in this together once you hear their voices and their stories. Yeah, and I think that was a, a risky move, too. Uh, I think it paid off, but I think, you know, it, it kind of breaks immersion because you, you're, going to, you're going from this, uh, this fictionalized version of the events to a documentary style uh, portrayal, like that one part felt like it, it felt out of out of place, but I think it did pay off because it felt like it, it was meant to be in like a documentary. 
not like a biopic, but I, I do agree. I think that worked out. It was very risky, but you know, high rewards. Uh, also, I guess we should get to uh, to Margaret Robbie's character because she and um, she has a lesbian lover in this movie, but Margaret Robbie herself might just be bisexual. I don't know. That wasn't defined. It's it's one uh-huh. of those. It's it's one of those gay subplots that get under kind of underdeveloped and is just there and it feels especially forced because Margaret Robbie is the only um Margaret Robbie and her um and I get not partner because they don't really date they just like they hook up um I guess I'll just say and her friend um they uh oh shit (laughs) I totally just lost what I was gonna say um but yeah they were just too underdeveloped and yeah that was really disappointing i agree with you although i don't think that there was a hookup i think that margot robbie like they established that her character comes from an evangelicist family and she's very christian and very right wing uh a very right wing thinker um I, I don't think that necessarily just because she was in her bra in bed with the other girl meant that they were hooking up. They never kissed or anything. Um, I think that there was some chemistry, definitely. Um, but I just, I didn't know what they were going for either. And it, I feel like it was really shoehorned in there. Yeah. Audiences definitely would have been confused. Um and I was definitely confused because I was like, okay, she's an evangelicist. Why is she in bed almost naked with another girl? Like, wouldn't she think that that's wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, I like how they kind of treat Margot Robbie almost as a character to mold. I think that gives her a lot of leg room to grow. And I think her character development is spectacular. Um, she comes into Fox, I believe, how most women would believing that they actually have a chance. Um, And that's why I think the fictionalization of her character makes up for the fact that, you know, that she doesn't really belong in the story they made her belong. They put her in the forefront of Roger's harassment. You know, we watched that really uncomfortable scene um, where he basically, he objects, objectifies her right in front of him her face her like how she literally like has to hold back her tears as he's like lift your dress up higher you know like he's just and then when she finally breaks down to her friend and she explains like what he actually did and that he pushed her farther even though we don't see it Mm -hmm. it kind of puts an image in the audience's head and it's so awful like it's just it's it's painfully awful but in a good way yeah it brings to the forefront the suffering of these women um and i also think that it's ironic because according to gretchen carlson that never happened to her like he never made her have oral sex with him but apparently he did to margot robbie's character and did it to so many other women as shown in the real voice recordings and I just feel like the lack of 
communication between Gretchen Carlson and Margot Robbie's fictional character did not serve the movie well because, you know, she clearly got the worst end of it. Like, she got... She was harassed repeatedly because she's young, she's pretty, she's new. It's almost like a fucked up, like, initiation kind of thing. Yeah, like a hazing thing. Yeah, it's almost like... And the things that he says, you know, those, those weird, like really gross sayings um, that are repeated in the lawsuit. It's just like, it reminds you that like people like this really exist. And I want to bring up another scene um, when they were describing, I don't remember exactly what the scandal was, but it was with a certain reporter and he was talking with a brown haired woman in a bar. And this is where the movie uses narration to its advantage where he's promoting her and she's thinking in her mind as Mm -hmm. she's speaking and he'll be like oh you know you know what I want from you and she's like in her mind she's like shit shit what do I say and she responds with such clarity and she speaks very very minimally but she gets her point across and he just keeps pushing and pushing And forces her to come out and say, like, look, I'm not about this. And it just shows that some men put women in such an uncomfortable position. And the women respond with such clarity and such precision. You know, like, I I can't imagine if I was ever put in a situation like that, that I would have the capacity to respond. Mm Mm-hmm in a poised way like that because she kept her cool she she responded she made it clear and once again we see this in margot robbie's performance you know as he was objectifying her she choked back her tears she just kept doing what he told her to do and it was painful to watch and i bet there were people that were just like screaming at her in their head like what are you doing like leave and you get that hit in your chest like she can't. Yeah. This is her job. And her friend, her lesbian friend, says to her, like, I can't leave. Like, once you're at Fox, it's in your DNA. So I think that Margot Robbie's character development is pivotal to the story's development. Um, I just, again, have a big problem with the lack of banding between the three women. Even though you're probably right, they probably didn't talk with each other a lot in real life. Um, But still, if this is a fictional, half-truth kind of retelling of events, I feel Mm -hmm. like they should have given the audience a little more hope. And I understand, like, the ending wasn't necessarily, like, completely happy, but I just feel like it would have been stronger if they showed them banding together. And I feel like it would have developed the story more. Yeah. I actually do wonder how much of this movie was fictionalized, not just because um, they put a fictional character as a main, but also because in the beginning of the movie, like I think you said before, but even before the logo, like it was some kind of afterthought, like they had to put it in last second. It says this movie is uh, fictional it's based on real events but there's fictional characters it's dramatized blah 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 even mm-hmm. the um even the most controversial even the most the most fake bio pictures i've seen didn't have that 
it had that at the end of the credits. So I, it makes me wonder why, what, what led them to put that there and uh, why it was before the logos, like it was slapped on. So I don't know how much of this movie is true, but I still stand by my statement that, well, yeah, Margaret Robbie's character is integral to the story and she definitely has the most weight and the most punch out of all the characters but i feel like that if they based it off a real person maybe did some time shifting like something that happened 10 years before the events of the movie but they just kind of slid that time period up they slid her character up to this point you know because obviously this movie isn't afraid of taking liberties I feel like that would have been more powerful than what they did here. Like, I, I just find it disappointing because they could have just went a little bit further and based Margaret Robbie's character off a real person. Especially if you have so many people that came forward and so many people who had this problem. I don't think it would have been hard to find somebody that, like, somebody real that went through the same stuff around the same time. And just, you know, taking some liberties and fitted it for the story. So, I find that disappointing. Um, and I, I didn't know that she was fake until after the movie. This movie never tells you. It never, I guess, really implies that it's fake. Besides the fact that she never gets a last name. Which I found weird. But, yeah. And... Wait, what was the second point you brought up? You brought up something after Margaret Robbie, right? Yeah, I talked about um, how the movie uses narration to its advantage when oh, yeah. it talks about the scene with the one brown-haired woman mm-hmm. and how what her thinking is when she was basically being asked to have sex with that one reporter to have a promotion. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, that's one of the things that I do like about biopics. <laughs> they uh, always have that kind of style to it. But I, I feel like, again, this movie, it only uses it very limitedly. It doesn't do it enough for it to be, it's like, the style of the movie. I don't know, I just felt like it could have done that more often, maybe. But, you know, you get what you get, I guess. That was kind of a, uh, a scene removed from the rest of the movie. Like, it was a different time frame and everything. So, I, I, yeah, that made sense. It did feel like a bit of a deleted scene, kind of yeah. like shoehorned in there. But I enjoyed it. I yeah, thought yeah. it was powerful. I, I, I liked it. I liked the, um, that take. Uh, but, again, it was one of those times where the movie did uh, take a risk and put in a scene that was kind of removed from the rest of the movie. And, yeah, I guess it paid off. Not as much as that other scene, but it still paid off. Um, what else do we have to say here? Hmm. I don't know. I think that, I think that I've talked about everything that I kind of liked and I didn't like. And, uh, I guess the last thing would be the performances were just absolutely phenomenal. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a given. You have a cast like that and it's obviously just going to be, you know, great. Who do you think had the best performance? The best performance... Um, well, I think a uh, a very underrated performance in the movie was Anne Hathaway, who was not a big... 
role in the movie. She wasn't a big um part of Anne it. Hathaway was in the movie. Yeah, wait, I, wait. I don't know if that's her name. Crap. Wait. Let me just look. Let me just look her up. Let me look look at a picture. I'm not good with names. Wait, which character? I'll probably um, know. The one with the uh the one with the black hair. Um. Yeah, that was Anne Hathaway. Wait, really? Yeah, she was in the movie. I I noticed that. I was like, wow. I'm surprised she's not a title character. I mean, she's pretty famous. Um, but, uh, I thought, I, I liked her, you know, she did her job, and I don't think, I mean, obviously, you, you didn't notice her, so it must have I been. I did not, I'm actually, like, offended for myself now. <laughs> yeah. I didn't notice Anne Hathaway, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, I, I liked her performance, though. That was good. Um, but, yeah, what was your favorite performance? I, I think Margot Robbie's performance was the best. I've talked about it a lot. I think that just her breaking down and like she can cry on command. Like I, yeah. that those are real tears. Those are real emotions. And I, I love Margot Robbie. I love all her work. I mean, honestly, she saved Suicide Squad. Like that movie was <laughs> not. There was not a lot of saving that could be done in that movie, but she did what she could. And I think in this movie, she strives even with her fictionality. Um, she gives the audience a taste of what harassment victims feel, uh-huh. um, which I think was definitely very, very important and pivotal to the movie story. Yeah. Okay, so uh, one thing I guess I forgot to tell you is that at the end of um, every episode, we give the movie a, a number rating out of 10. So do, do you want me to go first there? Sure. Sure. Oh, uh, wait. Well, actually, it might have not been Anne Hathaway. Because I'm looking at the cast. She looked like Anne Hathaway. I swear to God. But I'm looking at the cast list right now. And I don't see her on there. So. Oh, I thought you found, like, her name. Yeah, I didn't see Anne Hathaway in the movie. I looked I at a picture of her. and I, I, It looks like her. I'm trying you want to find the character's name? Like, the woman who played her? I'm going, well, I'm going down the uh, cast list. And I'm seeing if I can find... Cause I don't remember the character's name. She she had black hair. Um. I just that's all I remember. She had black hair, and she was part of that like group with like the guy, the. Uh, oh, is she one of Megan Kelly's friends? Uh yes. Okay. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know her um, her name though. Damn. Uh, but anyway, so. Oh, maybe it was Anna O'Reilly. Maybe. Oh, okay. Looks like Anne Hathaway. But, um... Whoop, there goes my phone. Well, she did a good job. But anyway, I'm going to give this movie uh, an 8 out of 10. Because I did enjoy it a lot. You know, these are my kind of movies. Uh, It could have been better. But it definitely could have been a lot worse. Uh, So, yeah. 8 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, just because of, for the performances, for tackling such a sensitive and necessary issue. Um, but again, the filming style, weak, and the tense shift in that, um, the unfleshed out subplot between her and the lesbian character. Yeah. I just need a movie, in order for a movie to do it for me completely it needs to 
all plot points need to be connected yeah and kind of like sourced together mm-hmm. um so i think i'd give it a seven okay well i guess that's it for this episode of the movie hoppers join us next time actually it'll probably released very soon after this one where we review cats the oh boy. uh the second <laughs> yeah well so goodbye